welcome to the Pitbull Patty Show. I'm your host, Patty Stuckler. We're keeping it real here with straight talk and sharing true stories that will inspire you to change your life. Are you ready for this? Because here we go. Today's episode kicks off season two of the Pitbull Patty Show. And this season, we're all about real estate. Now, I've been a realtor for many years, and it's what people ask me about every single day. So I've decided to focus my podcast on really helping people with their home ownership. And I have amazing lineup of guests this season that are going to help you Even if you're not in the market to buy or sell a home, we're going to cover topics even like how to finish off your basement for the best resale value um, and all kinds of other topics. But today's episode is about what millennials want in the housing market. Do they really just want the same things that their parents wanted in their first home? We're going to explore this topic with my guest who's been a licensed realtor for the past five years and just happens to be a millennial herself. Full disclosure, I thought who better to have as my first guest than my own daughter, Haley Stuckler Hoyt. Welcome, Haley. Hey, thank you for having me on your show. Yay. I finally <laughs> got you on here. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm included in your Pipple Patty podcast. <laughs> That's a lot of peas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to pause to think about it. <laughs> well, and so now you work with a lot of millennials, a lot of first-time homebuyers, you know, people that are under 35 every day. So what do you find that the typical millennial wants when they're looking for a house? I would say the average millennial buyer is looking for something that's move-in ready. They want something that's cosmetically pretty, so they don't have to do any work. And it also has the approval of their peers. And I think because of social media, the influence of posting everything down from what you eat to where you live is that millennials want a house that they can show off and is good enough for not just their parents, but, or maybe more so than their parents, but good enough, their friends. And they also want something that's move-in ready because they're not as handy as, say, the generation that's before us. They don't know how to do all the regular home maintenance things mm-hmm. or repairs, do the updates. And so they just want it done for them so they can move right in. So that's that's really interesting because, I mean, I, I certainly have thought about it many times that the that millennials, that younger people tend to want you know things that are already look great and in fact i've had uh, clients that are millennials that would they'd say oh i want a fixer upper and reality when you show them a fixer no they don't yeah they really (laughs) don't want a fixer upper they go oh and then you go show them something all nice and pretty fixed up and that's the one they write the offer yeah no a millennial's definition of a fixer upper is is i'll say okay what are you looking for whatever like oh a fixer upper and then i send them real fixer uppers that need quite a bit of work and they're like oh no, no no they send me what's their idea of a fixer upper And it's a house that has a fine, decent 2001 kitchen, but it doesn't have granite. Well, no, that's not a fixer-upper. Or, you know, I'm like, no, 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 no. This is moving ready. This is nice. That is not something that needs to be, you know, walls torn down or tile ripped up. Some real work. They're just thinking, oh, it needs some paint. That's a fixer-upper. So so you're basically (laughs) saying if it has white appliances, it's considered a fixer-upper. Exactly. (laughs) That's so funny. But it's it's interesting, too, that you were talking about that millennials want approval. And that's something I hadn't thought about before. So when you're saying approval because of social media and just really how millennials are have been growing up, 
that they it's really important to what like have status symbols in their you know like types of fixtures or finishes or that kind of thing um like brands and I, I don't know so much about the brand like does the average millennial know the difference between a Kohler appliance you know versus something like a wolf or a viking stove no they're not going to know the difference uh, before real estate i didn't know the difference and i would i would say i only know it only because of real estate i would say it's the status of if if you didn't post it online it didn't happen you know did you really buy a house if you didn't post a picture of it and so post a picture of the nice out, outside and then just show that the stainless appliances or the stainless look appliances nobody's going to know the difference in the actual quality of it but i would say the average millennial does put a lot of stock into appearances mm-hmm. just how's it look versus the quality actually yeah no that makes a lot of sense so when you're showing property to you know people that are in their 20s or early 30s to millennials are they when you say also about approval so are their parents typically involved in the purchase absolutely um i would say at least 50 percent, maybe 75 percent of my millennial clients bring their parents at least one parent with them as they're buying a house and if they don't bring a parent they're bringing an aunt and uncle a friend they are absolutely not going to go by themselves which i do understand it's a scary uh, a scary thing to do, buy a house, that commitment of buying a house. But most of the time they bring their parents and if their parents approve of the house and say it's okay, then it's okay to buy. And then also they have to make sure that they take the link that they find the house online and send it to all their friends and make sure that their friends also think that it's a cute house and nice and, you know, God, good enough. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I actually, I kind of joke around. I'm like, look, Let's set up the showings when you and your entourage can come. And then it's just one appointment because if not, we'll see. I'll show them the house once. And then when their parent has time, then we show that next parent at the house before they even make an offer. And then the next parent, okay, then now they're available. So then the third showing, both their parents and their grandparents have seen the house. And then the fourth showing, they're like, but can my boyfriend, can my friend see the house? I'm like, okay, just one time, you know, and we haven't even written an offer. So the house isn't even in their soon to be uh possession they haven't even written an offer and yet they've already shown their parents and their grandparents and their friends and then turns out they don't even end up writing an offer because you know that uh aunt uncle cousin whoever doesn't approve on it and so then what it's just wasted time wow that that really is amazing uh change in our society and in housing in in selling homes that is an absolute difference i can remember you know buying you know my first house many years ago now and and just people of my generation you know they just you didn't think about that so much it was just not something that in fact my first house was a lot further away from family and friends and and so it wasn't something anybody ever saw till you know we invited them six months later um, so that is a total change. So is that, it, would you say that's the biggest difference from previous generations that, you know, what you're talking about, move in ready and approval or, you know, I mean, what's the, is that, would you say that's the number one thing? It's hard to pinpoint what the number one difference is between the previous generation to the millennials. But I do know that the previous generation looked at the bones of the house. They made sure that it was it was sturdy. It looked good. They weren't as concerned about the cosmetics. They knew that they were able to fix something if it wasn't perfect. They could fix up a house versus 
Now millennials, they don't have the time or maybe the know-how to f- do a fixer-upper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's very true. I've seen a lot. In fact, a lot of people, not just millennials, a lot of people seem to to really not have vision when they're looking at a dated home. And I try to tell buyers, um, you know, look, that's that's the house you want to buy a lot of times is the house that's got the the old carpet from the 70s and, the, you know, the, 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 or the hunter green countertops from the 90s or whatever it may be, the brass finishes, you know, just those types of things you can change and, and actually have more appreciation value-wise. But... Um, that's so interesting. Well, do you find that millennials uh, on average wait longer? I've read a lot of statistics that talk about, you know, they're just waiting much longer. There's, there are a third, a third of millennials are in the housing market currently, but um, statistics are showing that they're waiting longer to, to buy. And why do you suppose that is? I'd say that there are three reasons. There are many reasons, but the three main main reasons that millennials are not buying are one, they're just not ready for the commitment to buy, whether it's they're not ready to commit to that area, that location, because they're not sure where they are in their job careers. Um, so the commitment. Two, they think that they can't afford it. They they just don't know the process of buying a house. They think that you need twenty percent down, which is not the case in most places of the U.S. You. It, you can really buy a house with no down payment and or as little as three and a half percent down payment. And the third reason is a lot of millennials are still living at home rent free. I read read somewhere that a third of millennials are living at home either rent free or for very low rent. So why would they go take on a mortgage and do the upkeep, the maintenance of a house if they can just keep living in their parents basement and, you know, their mom's cooking for them or whoever, <laughs> yeah. you know, being their maid. So it's like, you got it so good. Why? You know, yeah. why would you take on that additional payment, especially when they have their school loans, you know, their car payment, whatever. They're not worried about buying a house. Yeah. But. My, my generation, your parents just said, get out. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're 18. Go. <laughs> you didn't well, have that luxury. That is not happening at all. As, as, um, I know you see, uh, there's so many multi-generational homes these days. You see just the parents, the grandparents, the kids, and, and even the parents are now the grandparents and they have some young babies in the house and they just are fine with keeping them there. They don't want to push them out and they just tell them, stay as long as you want. I'd say, a, well, a third of my friends still live at home and aren't planning on going anywhere. <laughs> you know, and I actually, I, I was asking my husband, um, I'm about to be 28. He'll be 30 this year. And we got married, um, well, two wow, gosh, two, two and, and a half years, years ago. ago now. It'll be three years in July. Um, and I was, so I was quizzing him, you know, before this interview. And I was talking to him like, well, why didn't you buy a house before we got married? Well, how old do you think you were going to be when you bought a house, whatever? Because he was 25 when we started dating. We're about to turn 25 and he's like well I don't know I just didn't think I could afford it and and I was like well when did you think you could afford to buy a house and he's like well I don't know I was thinking early 30s I mean what's the point of buying a house my parents let me live here which is amazing you know that they were allowing him to live at home and he's like why would I do that and I can't afford it I don't know I need 20 percent and that's what those were his um his thinking. And I don't think that's very far off. I think that's the average millennial. Mm -hmm. So they're just really not educated as to really how affordable it can be. Mm -hmm. The different loan programs that are out there available to them to where, you know, even the, the rural housing loans that are hundred percent financing, um, and then FHA, which is only three and a half percent. So they're just not aware 
of, of, of really all those different types of opportunities. And that, you know, it can give you a lot of freedom and, and actually really start building your wealth. You know, that's, you know, just by getting into the market. I mean, I know, um, I think you were mentioning somebody, uh, not too long ago that you'd been working with a gentleman that he's, he's kind of waiting for the perfect house, but while he's waiting the last couple of years, you know, he could have been building some equity. Yes, I've had this client. Let's call him Joe. He, uh, I've, it's probably been four years now that I've been showing him houses and he's looking for some acreage and, you know, looking for, he, he, he knows a lot about what he doesn't want. And he tells me a lot of that. He doesn't like this house style. He doesn't like that, you know, and then, and then I, so I find everything that he does want. I'm able to read through the lines and then really what he does want he can't afford and so I told him I was like well look just buy this this is your starter home you know you can make it better so if he would have bought four years ago with the interest rates even lower than what they are constantly climbing to today which I know people don't understand interest rates so I'm not going to go into it I'm not a lender but every one point that the interest rate goes up it's less of what you can afford and so the house that he thought was not good enough four years ago three years ago now he can't even afford that house and it's just hard that I wish he would have bought then and then he could have improved it because it wasn't good enough so he said he did some updates and then he could have had equity in that house now and sell it to a better house that is more of what you know his friends his family and he would have approved of mm-hmm yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And in fact, some of the, I was doing some research and found that the top three cities that have the highest percentage of home ownership among millennials, the number one city currently is Des Moines, Iowa, and the second is Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, and then Buffalo, New York. And Des Moines, Iowa, I, I actually was just there about six months ago for my niece's graduation, and she just bought a home. She just graduated from college you know, 24, I guess she's, yeah, she's 24 years old and just bought her first house. So she's bearing out exactly what the statistics are saying. And what I found so interesting about Des Moines was it was way cooler than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, you think of uh, Iowa, maybe sometimes being out on the East Coast, sometimes you think of the Midwest as being, you know, like not as much to do there or something. But there was all kinds of really cool pubs and bars. We, we hung out in a couple of Irish pubs and lots of restaurants and lots of condos, lots of, and they also have sub, the, you know, suburb areas um, with little cute little houses and so forth. So um, I know that the studies are also saying that the walkability, which certainly Des Moines has uh, as far as young people moving there and lots to do and places to go within, you know, within the city, is that something that even even in an area like where we are in Maryland with a lot of the suburbs that you're that that's something that millennials are expressing that you're finding? I think that goes with the experience. Um, whether the the millennial is looking for the experience of walking to the corner store, walking to the bars, or if you're in a suburban area like us, they're looking for that experience of, say, living in the same neighborhood as their friend or their family member, and they want to take a walk to their house. You know, I think it's more so that they're looking for, they need that connection to the area, want to feel um, that they're getting something out of it versus where when you and dad bought a house half an hour away and it was middle of nowhere is that really an experience it wasn't walkable it wasn't near your family it was just okay where you can afford you didn't feel a connection to it 
And I think the millennials are looking for something that they can connect to, whether it's, um, say, a local bar, a deli, whatever, or if they're connecting to a family member that lives in the same neighborhood or, say, a mile away. I know I bought my first house that was on the same street as my aunt, a couple blocks away from my grandma. Bought my second house that was a mile away from its more rural so then we didn't have the walkability so then the second house was a mile away from my mom and a quarter mile from my aunt and my cousin and i could walk to the nearest restaurant so Well, well and this is um this is certainly not a small town this is this is the suburbs of Washington, D.C. So you mm-hmm. saying that, if it was a small town, that may sound like, well, it's a small town. Where else are you going to live? But next to your grandmother or your aunt or your mother. <laughs> but in an area like this, we have, you know, a very densely populated northern Virginia area, Washington, D.C., a close proximity to the Maryland suburbs uh, where we're located. So that, what you're saying, what I'm hearing is that it's really that younger people want that experience of a life that's connected to their family and friends and housing is just an extension of that it sounds like definitely absolutely yeah so that's that's really really interesting well so what um do you have some tips for sellers you know i work with sellers every day and and that's always kind of the question to really get the buyers in there really make it attractive to young buyers do you have some tips that you can offer home sellers that are either thinking about putting their house on the market that's say it's a or they have it on the market it's a bigger house and it's and they want to attract maybe that young family that's entering the housing market absolutely some like one of the biggest things that a seller can do is to update the kitchen or baths um say they can't do a full kitchen remodel but if they could throw in some stainless appliances or add some granite i think those will do that would go far for attracting the millennial buyer um so if they can update the kitchen or bath or say if they can remove some heavy drapes that is a big one where the heavy drapes from the 90s that are powder blue or forest green and they really make the the place feel dark and not as open and airy so what you do is if you are a seller that has have the heavy drapes you should just go to walmart get some shears you know some something cheap and just light that just lets a lot of natural light in add those or just completely take down the drapes in general so you would suggest even just literally not even have any window treatments? Yes, I think I think most likely uh, the millennial is probably not going to like yours. They're going to want to do their own. And even if they like your style, it might not still fit their taste and their style. And another thing that sellers can do that is probably the easiest and the most cost effective is to just paint and recarpet and paint meaning just a neutral color and if you feel like you're not sure like I think white is even fine and people might think oh my gosh white that's not inviting that's so um stark stark yeah that's, that's a little drastic I actually have a lot of friends that are starting especially with the farmhouse trend they're painting their houses white which I was shocked at first but then I'm seeing more and more of that if you don't want to go white, you could do a light gray. And that I'd say that's the most popular. And then carpet. If you can do new carpet, that is one of the best things. That gives you such a fresh feeling and a new feeling. It's like ready for a, re, uh, a new start. Yeah, so you're not talking about, it doesn't sound like you're talking about really spending a lot of money necessarily, but doing some basic things to really uh, like carpet and paint and, and, um, and, and actually, one of the most basic things that a seller can do is to clear out your house. When you are a 
for example, a, a millennial that doesn't have a lot of vision or say if you're not a, a millennial, but you just don't have a lot of vision and you go into a house and there is just not an inch of flooring that you can see. It's just a bunch of dated rugs or you're seeing all these old chests and just so much furniture and just bulky furniture. It's hard to look past that. You end up looking at the seller's things versus looking at the actual house that you'd be buying. Hmm. So try to clear out the house. That that might be one of the best tips is to get rid of all the extra, you know, yeah, and none the, of the necessities that, you know. And the least expensive. Yeah, that's free. That's free. <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. Try to stick it at, you know, a family member's house if you have to rent a storage unit or to the maybe the next house that you're moving to. But tr- definitely try to um, get rid of all the extra stuff. Well, that's very good advice. And just to wrap this episode Mm -hmm. up, I want to definitely ask you also for millennials, for your peers, what kind of tips do you have for them as far as when they're, you know, entering the housing market? Do you have some advice for them? Yes. So millennials, I always tell my clients to look past the cosmetics because say if you're buying a house that's flipped and somebody just comes in, does something that's on the just on the surface and then they're not actually looking past it to see what the mechanicals of the house to make sure that you know the HVAC or the furnace isn't all rusted and then as soon as you buy it yeah it's really pretty but then you have to replace it and that's a several thousand dollar replacement Um, so try to look past the cosmetics and to don't buy a house that is already decked out because say you do buy a house that's flipped and even if they did replace all the mechanics and um they it is great top to bottom that house is already pretty maxed out price wise and the average person not just millennials but the average homeowner owns a house for seven years until and then they move so say if you're there seven years you're there two years there's only so much room for profit so try to find a house that either has an unfinished basement that you can finish or say you can add an extra bath because you want to make sure that there's room for profit when you go to sell it. So don't just find something that's already decked out. You need something that needs a little improvement. So you really just want them to really consider all their options. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't want to, if they really want everything that's decked out, then great. But you want them to at least consider, you know, hey, it's, you know, you can fix some of these things yourself, the, the dated aspects of a home, as long as the bones are good and the mechanical, you know, aspects of the home are in great shape. You want them to really look past some of the you know, cosmetic things, it sounds like. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, the millennial, whoever the buyer is, they are buying that house. I'm not buying it. I personally want a house that needs a little bit of work. So that way when I go to sell it, I know there's more room for profit. But it, the, you, the buyer, the millennial that wants that decked out house, if that's what you want and you know that that's the only thing that you'd be happy with, just buy it. You know, you have to do it what's right for you and where you feel comfortable. And get in the market. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Because a house is your biggest investment. You know, you're holding off and the longer that you hold off, the harder it is for you to buy what you really are going to be happy with. You're not going to be able to afford what your dream house is if you just keep on waiting. Well, that's really, really great advice. And I am just really thankful that you have agreed to come on and, uh, (laughs) and share all of your insight about millennials in the housing market. So uh, this wraps up the, um, the the first actual episode of season two of the Pitbull Patty Show, where we're keeping it real in real estate. So until next time. Mm-hmm.
Thank you.